Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Hello. And welcome to this special episode of Blue Marble Podcast. I'm your host, Rev Charbert. Thank you so much for tuning in. And today, I'm joined by members of the Circle Sanctuary Delegation to the Parliament of the World's Religions 2023 that took place in Chicago, Illinois in August. Welcome to all of you. I have in the program with me today, Selena Fox, Dennis Carpenter, Laura Gonzalez, Judith Quintner-Says, Kern Green, Dia Crabtree, Nicholas C., and Amy Dove. It is so good to have you all here. Before we start our group discussion, I just want to mention for members of our listening and viewing audience who may not know what is Parliament of the World's Religions, here's a brief summary. The Parliament of the World's Religions, sometimes called the Parliament, sometimes just called PWR, it's basically the um, what founded the modern interfaith movement. And this year, it hosted uh, its 130th convocation with 210 world religions, spiritual paths, secular humanist groups gathering in force to answer a call of conscience, a call to action. And it the PWR was created to cultivate harmony among the world's religions and spiritual communities to foster their engagement with the world and its guiding institutions in order to achieve a just, peaceful, and sustainable world. The vision of the Parliament of the World's Religions is um, something that includes religious and spiritual communities living in harmony. It includes religious and cultural fears and hatreds that are replaced with understanding and respect. It uh, focuses on the richness of human and religious diversity. It works with the world's most powerful and influential institutions in moving beyond narrow self-interest to realize common good. And it respects the earth and all life, which is cherished, protected, healed, and restored, and calls all people to commit to living out their highest values and aspirations. So we see areas of focus that include climate action, a global ethic, indigenous peoples, next generations, peace and justice, and women's dignity. I would like to begin by asking um, our delegates, you know, Circle's been attending the PWR for a long time with delegates every year, participating, leading rituals, invocations, workshops. And my first question to you, Selena, and then to you, Nicholas, is, you know, why is it important to you that Circle be represented at PWR? Circle Sanctuary, since its founding in 1974, has had an interfaith as well as intrafaith dimension. Um, The Parliament began in 1893 and then had a centennial rebirth in 1993 um, in Chicago both times. And when I learned about the Parliament, in 1993, I knew it was essential that Circle Sanctuary have representation there. And I'm so thankful 
to personally have been part of the parliament at each of its convenings since 1993. In Chicago in 1993, 1999, in Cape Town, South Africa, 2004, in Barcelona, Spain, 2009, in Melbourne, Australia, 2015, in Salt Lake City, Utah, 2021, online, and then 2023, back into Chicago for this 130th anniversary celebration. Circle Sanctuary not only has had representation and delegates at each of these convenings, but it has been supporting the work of the parliament in many ways. So one of the main reasons we've been involved with it is part of our larger work of supporting interreligious networking, dialogue, and collaboration for a healthier, more just, sustainable planet. Thank you, Selena. Nicholas, how about you? Why is it important to you? Why is it important? Um, for me, it, it's, 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 it's both personal and, and a legacy. Um, I attended uh, the 1993 um, Parliament, also in Chicago, um, and it was new. I was young. Um, I said, sure, let's go. Um, and it really changed my life. Um, in retrospect, you know, my looking at the world and wanting to know what's going on in the world um, probably began um, in the 1993 um Parliament of World's Religions. Um, there wasn't so much video back in 1993, so you know perhaps we have some writings. Um, today, the the legacy, I think anybody who's part of circles, um, the church, um, or community, um, seeing others participate on the world stage really matters. Um, and if they have that interest, that personality, you know, that quest. Um, seeing others do it is, is an encouragement. And so, um, I, I applaud circle for, you know, starting at the beginning and, and just really going with it. Um, there are a lot of pagans who attend, um, the parliament. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I, I just want to mention for our listening audience on this podcast, we're also doing, uh, preparing a YouTube version of uh, this program as well that will be available through the Circle Sanctuary YouTube channel. So at this time, I'm going to put everyone on gallery view and I'm going to ask the group, um, what does it mean to you personally? Nicholas shared a little, little bit of that. What does it mean to you personally to participate in Parliament of the World's Religions? Uh, Dennis, I'd love to ask you. Well, for me, I can think of two main things uh, worth mentioning at this point. Number one, it's the exposure to the wide diversity of folks and, and religious traditions from all over the world and learning more about them and just being with them. Secondly, 
when you bring a whole bunch of religious people like that together, there's this amazing vibe of peace, love, harmony, that sort of thing. And you look around and everybody's got big smiles on their faces. So most of the time. Uh, so it's really cool to tune into that kind of energy. Thank you, Judith. Um, I can echo some of what Dennis said, uh, and it, it was really an honor to be there representing Circle Sanctuary, um, as well as paganism in the midst of such a vast gathering of, of groups for the purpose of interfaith. And for me, one of the best things was the conversations I had all week long with different people from all sorts of different walks of, of uh, religious walks, walks of life from all over the country. Um, I met some really interesting people and had some very interesting conversations, some of which surprised me, um, like meeting a Christian minister who had never met a pagan before. So that led to some interesting discussions all week long as well. Check. Thank you, Judith. Dia, how about you? Dia, we're having a hard time hearing you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna punt over to Kern, and we'll come back to you. Uh, yeah, I find it to be attending Parliament. Uh, I find it to be a really transformative experience for myself. Um, just finding so many. Um, people that are spiritual or religious that actually care about uh, the planet, about justice, about uh, things that are important. I mean, you know, if you if you listen to radio or TV, you, you find that so many religious expressions just focus on saving souls or or, you know, something like that. But um, to go to Parliament and to discover all these people that that uh, not only are good folks, but uh, they they really care about the world and about people, about justice and the environment. So that is just transformative for me to encounter folks like that. Now refreshing, a call to conscience. Dia, are you back with us? Am I back with you? There you go. Yeah. There we go. Um, I, I originally wanted to attend because as a new person in Circle, I saw an opportunity to connect with Circle people. And um, the byproduct of that was that I got to, as Dennis so eloquently put, get into this vibe with all of these people where differences didn't matter as much. And it was more about how can we be loving and kind and and helpful. And uh, that to me is is what it, it came to be important for me. Thank you. Thank you. Laura, how about you? Well, I echo everybody. I love the hippie vibe that Dennis talked about. Everybody with a smile and the sense of collaboration for saving the planet, saving humans. And obviously, in this particular one, being a Chicagoan, it was a no-brainer. I had to be there, and it was fantastic that I get to do everything that I did and also being part of all the communities, all the different intersectionalities that I lived through and see women's rights, indigenous rights, uh, pagan rights, and people just being people and loving each other. And it was a week of immersed love and compassion. And I really appreciate that. Mm, thank you, Laura. How about you, Amy? 
Oh, I, so I've always wanted to co, uh, or I shouldn't say always, but I've heard about it for a long time from other circle people. And uh, it just so happened that it was in Chicago and the stars lined up and I was able to attend and, oh, I'm so glad that I did. And I will be back as many times as possible. It was so amazing to see the huge amount of pagan uh, people who were there representing. And that was amazing. And the women's uh, rights groups and the plenary session where there was like a football stadium full of people from all different religious stripes talking and inspiring and um, my gosh, Jesse Jackson showed up on stage. So uh, the, to answer the question of why was it important for us to be there? It was so important for us to be there. So to reconnect with people, there's so much division in the country right now that this seeing these people who are willing to uh, come together was just heart heartwarming, heart mending for me. Mm, powerful. Thank you. Uh, Nicholas, was there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, yeah, two things. Um, one, in, in, in 1993, when I was on the ground at the um, parliament, one of the big things was um, the opportunity for behind the scenes interactions and encounters. Um, I was able to spend time with um, indigenous peoples in different ways. And that, that was really profound. And number two, um, whether virtual or on the ground at um, the parliament, um, the passion that people are expressing themselves through is really important. Um, you know, you could be in a room of, of a thousand people and you got all this passion going on and that's one kind of vibe, but someone else up, um, up front um, really pounding their fist regarding, in this case, um, climate change or um, women's dignity, um, uh, you take that home with you. You take that home with you. Yeah. Selena, what did it mean to you personally? Uh, this, personal this particular level, theme, yeah. At a personal level, it was enriching, being able to have one-on-one -on -one connections with people I've been with at past parliaments. There is a parliament community now over the past 30 years. So it's educational. I learn things. Inspirational. I get ideas and motivational. It definitely is a way to find good follow-up to the parliament to make a difference in the world. I'm so thankful on a personal level as well as an organizational level that Circle Sanctuary has had a delegation ever since the centennial rebirth. And I have seen paganism be increasingly understood, its diversity, and its own human rights issues, as well as becoming more integrated and welcomed and accepted within the larger interfaith community that's not only the parliament, but interfaith around the world. I've only been able to participate virtually a few years ago, and the pagans were in the house for sure. So that was exciting to feel then. Um, I understand what we had 27 delegates in all from Circle Sanctuary this year who went. So a shout out to those who are not able to be with us on this program. But thank you to all of our delegates who went. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested now in asking um, a few of you. 
you know, what was important to you about the particular theme this year, which which really got some promo ahead of, of the event, a call to conscience, a call to action. Um, that was powerful. So, Laura, why don't, you, why don't you start? Tell us what was important about that for you. So a call to consciousness, defending freedom and human rights, right? And I have to write it down so I don't forget. Thank you, Selena. She helped me add one yesterday that I have forgotten. I am a fat, indigenous, immigrant, disabled, vegan, queer, Mexican, pagan, priestess, witch, woman. And maybe I have missed some. Those are all the intersections that I inhabit. And when you go to this event that is talking about freedom and human rights, and then I get the call to be part of the Fighting for Freedom New Moon ritual that was hosted by uh, pagans in Chicago. And I say in Chicago because, yes, it was orchestrated by the magnificent mind of Twyla York and Matt Williams, uh, who are, um, Twyla was the local Pagan Pride Chicago coordinator for 10 years, and Matt is now the current uh, coordinator of Chicago Land Pagan Pride. But we have a host of people that came from as far as the Philippines and South Africa, whom are Pagan clergy. Uh, we have people from the Aquarian Tabernacle Church, the um, members of the nativist Karelian tradition and members of the Throth and a lot of people the diversity of paganism was really remarkable uh, because as a as a priestess of the goddess I'm you know really deeply um, related to the goddess traditions but I never seen all of the other you know you hear the heathens you hear the all of the other traditions that are pagan, and then to see them in action. This ritual was a call for freedom, for freedom of religion, of sexual orientation, of diversity, of existence. And I was honored to call on um, the land and the ancestors of the land, and also the spirit of progress, the spirit of Chicago, and I call on the spirit of progress because it was a wink, and I get to say it here, because uh, I couldn't say it on the ritual, a wink to the 1893 Colombian Exposition where the Parliament of Religions was first born. So I was so excited when I was talking to Selena before the ritual, like, I'm going to call the spirit of progress. Um, and it was a, in a personal, very personal note, a love letter to Chicago, this land, this city that has given me me and now i'm getting emotional so check thank you thank you laura um dia how about you um when i started contemplating coming to the parliament one of the things that became really important to me was i got to thinking about um the fact that i'm disabled and 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 one of the things that circle has taught me is about being counted and being present to be counted and how important that is. And so I, for me personally, um, I felt like this theme called me to action. It said, stand up, be counted. And and so it it brought me to really discuss and research and because I presented something on disability. So I ended up doing a lot of research around it. And I was really 
um, excited about that. And, and then to meet other people who came to the disability workshop and have them talk about, you know, it, we were so excited that disability was on the program. Um, so that was why it was important to me. Oh, um, Kern, how about you? Oh, um, I really enjoyed uh, the theme this year, which focused on human rights and the call to action, call to conscience. Um, I remember one speaker in particular talked about um, the rise of authoritarians in the world and and just how authoritarians tend to focus on um, on issues that divide people and that though by doing that they ignore issues like the environment um and that um and climate change um and and each of the speakers in their own way referred back to it's a human right to live in a clean and safe world in a clean environment um and uh, you know the need to take action on climate change uh, no matter what they were talking about, they kept referring back to that. So it's really, the environment is really an integral part um, of uh, of Parliament now as as a theme. Mm-hmm. Global issue. Um, thank you. Yeah. How about you, Nicholas? This theme. Uh, for me, uh, when I saw word human words human rights um on the front page of the parliament that that really exploded for me um in the last few years i have taken up human rights um universal human rights um as you know my uh 70 year old what am i going to do for the rest of my life focus um and uh you know i, I part of my life is about serendipity when something is put on the table that really underscores what I'm doing, what I'm looking for, what I'm looking at, um, you know, you, you, you take it, um, you, you go for it. Um, this year is the 70th, 75th um, anniversary of the United Nations Declaration of Universal Human Rights. Um, and I assume the people at the parliament knew this before they um, came in came up with the name, but I don't know. It was real good for me. Um, so the relevance, it's just so relevant to my life. Um, I, you know, I had to participate in some way. It's really inspiring to hear you all uh, talk about that. And uh, I'm, I'm very much appreciating that um, uh, UN Secretary Gutierrez was talking about the rise of authoritarianism and climate change being the two uh, most dangerous uh, phenomenon happening for humankind on the planet today. And, you know, this whole effort to call out people of faith, faith leaders, people of conscience to stand against that and exercise moral authority, basically. Um, what I'm going to go back to gallery view for everybody uh, to give us a chance to see you all as I ask the question, what were some of the things you actually got to do there? And again, uh, if you don't mind, I'll call on people around the screen. Laura, I'm going to start with you this time. I was not ready. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, one of the things that I got to do, well, the first one that it was a surprise for me and everybody else was to leave the procession of parliament. I literally knew I was leading the procession 
a minute before we started leading the procession. And that was the biggest gift that the universe has ever given me, goddess. As a Chicagoan, as an immigrant, as an indigenous woman, as a pagan, as a, all the things that I am, it was fantastic. So I got to do that. I also got to do a blessing on the main stage at the opening ceremony on Nahuatl, Spanish, and English. And that was the time of my life. Uh, but back more into um, my regular run-of-the-mill events that I do on the main stage, uh, Tarot as a Healing Tool was presented at the Pagan Faith Room. Uh, panel, Global Voices Women Podcasting. I did... Um, I was part of the hospitality gathering and I was very honored to also be part of the many sponsors that were related to that. Um, I was part of the fighting for freedom, uh, Newman ritual that I mentioned earlier, where many languages were spoken by the way, Tagalog, uh, Dutch, uh, and English and Nahuatl and Spanish. Um, then we did the panel of pagan voices of Chicago. Uh, the Festivals of the Dead, uh, Dia de Muertos and Samhain, which was fantastic. And we did the Ceremony for Planet Earth, which was also part of the Circle activities. And my last uh, collaboration was Indigenous and Pagan Practices, Differences and Similarities, which was part of the 20 different events that happened on the Pagan Faith Room. Wow. Amy, I'm punching to you. What did you get to do? Oh my goodness. Okay. So my favorite things that I did, well, I did lots of things. Um, I got to participate in Langar lunches, uh, which are, um, I guess it was a local uh, Chicagoan uh, six and also people from, from around that came together and fed everyone for free. And they were the most gracious people. And it was so nice to meet them and introduce them <laughs> to pagans. Uh, uh, I got to participate in some Sufi circle dances, which I took some of those home to my own groups, my own circles. Um, I got to go to Matthew Fox's Cosmic Mass, which was just amazing, um, very moving. Um, let's see. Oh, I got to participate in a croning ritual. So I am now a, officially a crone which is uh, something that I've been contemplating for a while. So lots of stuff. Oh my goodness. Participating in conversations with people, even within the pagan community that I didn't really understand. Um, I got to talk to some heathens about some, some things that I'd been worried about with, you know, there um, some of the people uh, with the white supremacy that has gotten into the heathen community and how do we see that? And, and what do they stand for? You know, it, it's it just all the conversations and the getting to understand each other. Um, anyway, I'll I'll check because there's lots more people that have experiences. Uh, more just wonderfully diverse stuff. Kern, what did you get to do? Oh, wow. Well, some of the a few of the things I got to do, um, I participated in a panel on um, on rituals and grieving that focused on uh, Dia de los Muertos, uh, Day of the Dead and uh, Samhain uh, with uh, Laura Gonzalez and Selena Fox. Um, and as a, uh, as a chaplain, I got to talk about the grief as aspects and how uh, rituals help to uh, express grief and heal our grief. 
So that was pretty cool. And uh, then on the last day, uh, Selena led a ritual for pagans uh, out on the uh, on on the terrace where overlooking the uh, the big uh, Lake Michigan there. And um, I got to play and and sing, uh, play my guitar and sing a little bit. Uh, got to play Paul Simon, Citizen of the Planet, uh, which seemed to fit real well uh, with the theme of the of the week and with the rituals. So um, I got to go to exhibit booths and talk to people of all different faiths. Uh, and I was also amazed that a lot of the exhibit booths uh, had to do with the environment. Chicago had a lot of booths there. Uh, focusing on um, environment and urbanization and so forth, but they were, you know, booths of of folks that uh, were doing worldwide projects uh, with the rainforest and and uh, so many. So I was really impressed with that too. So some of those are some things I got to do. Oh, wonderful, Dia! What are some of the things you got to do? Well, outside of. Um presenting faith dogs and disability i have a service animal so um i did a, a workshop based on that i also presented geomancy which if you're unaware geomancy is one of the few interfaith uh divinatory tools it's used by muslims islams uh uh, uh muslims jews hindus buddhists you name it they have a type of it that they utilize and so i was really excited to do that um but the Langar was great. I was part of the women's water ritual, which turned into this massively wonderful thing um, that I really, you know, I I kind of went with an, I, I can be a skeptic. And so I kind of went with, uh, and then every time I turned around, I was doing something where I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. Um, but the water ritual was really really healing and empowering and and then just spending time at the circle booth and talking to people who came up and that was a lot of fun as well. Selena, what did you get to do? As with past parliaments, I wore a variety of hats. Uh, I did some media work. I did some live streaming social media, pop-up live streams, and was interviewed by various uh, media people. Circle Sanctuary had a booth, and I'm so thankful that we were present in the exhibit area, really next to where the main plenary were being held. And I spent some time at the booth Right before the parliament began, the Sunday, the day before, there was the Parade of Faiths. And to be with people from so many different parts of the world and faith traditions in Chicago on public streets was really a highlight. There's an area within the parliament this year called the Women's Village. And I spent some time there and also got to visit the Green Tent, which Green Faith and other environmentalists um, had created. The Pagan Faith Room helped sponsor that. The reception um, was at the Freedom Ritual. It was really fabulous. And in terms of program contributions, I was part of three panels. Some of 
which have been mentioned already, Global Voices Women Podcasting. So glad to be with Laura and Deborah as we talked about our experiences with Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts and the Festivals of the Dead. Kern, Laura, and I had a packed room as we talked about the importance of honoring the dead across cultures and faith traditions, similarities and differences. I was also part of Revisited, Recycled, and Revamped, How Pagans Use Myths for New Stories That Matter. And uh, there were a variety of us on this panel, Reverend Brian Weiss, who's heathen and interfaith, um, convened us all, Jasmine, who is part of the Circle Sanctuary delegation, and I were part of this panel, along with Ethan Stark and Robert Loesch Schreier, um, who are also heathens, and that was fabulous, and I got to facilitate four rituals. There was Weaving the Rhythms of Nature Through Ourselves. My subtitle for this, Pagan Chants and Dances of Universal Peace. And this was Wednesday morning. And Patricia Keese um, from Wisconsin, who's UU and involved with Dances for Universal Peace. And I co-facilitated this um, to a packed room at eight in the morning. It was wonderful. Later on Wednesday, from 1 until 2, I was doing Bright Bridget Blessings Meditation, also full of people from many different faith traditions. And I not only guided some Bridget chanting and some meditations, but facilitated connections with healing for ourselves and the planet. And I did the ceremony for Planet Earth. And I've done versions of that at past parliaments, and this was by far um, one of the more powerful ones overlooking Lake Michigan. And then Friday late morning, I was back at the Women's Village doing the Red Tent Croning Ceremony. I had spoken about the crone at past parliaments, but this was the first time I had been invited to facilitate this international, multilingual, interreligious ceremony celebrating women and their aging processes. I, for um, some other things, we're just being present, not only at the plenaries, but being able to be out along the lake and to appreciate nature's beauty in the center of Chicago. So a lot was happening and I'm very thankful for the opportunity not only to present, but to learn and take part in a variety of events. The Cosmic Mass that Matthew Fox did had a spiral dance, pagan chanting, as well as Christian communion. And it was really fabulous having co-officiated with him decades ago when he was in Madison to see how that particular interreligious ceremony evolved and how the call for us coming together to work on behalf of the planet in rituals and in action was very much part of that. 
just getting a little sense of what it must have been like to be in the midst of the program throughout the week by listening to all of you. Nicholas, what are some things you got to do? Well, as as a virtual ticket holder, um, I got to see what was happening um, on the main stage. Um, I got to sleep. I didn't run around attending a lot of events, so I could focus really heavily on the stuff I did see. I could see it twice in the same day, which was pretty amazing. Um, and I got to um, interact with other virtual uh, ticket holders as we navigated. Um, 847 events were available, um, and we had to find the ones that we could uh, uh, get into. Um it, it was a very nice experience um, to uh, be able to focus intently on um, that set of speakers that were on the main stage. Thank you. You remind me there was a virtual option as well. Yeah. Um, Judith, you were live. What, what did you get to do? Well, um, Laura mentioned that she uh, led the opening ceremony on Monday morning, um, and I was so proud to see her do that. It was wonderful. But I got the uh, opportunity to lead uh, the Pagan contingent in the parade on Sunday, and we had uh, five or six different Pagan organizations all marching together in the midst of this amazing parade with the, the Sikhs just going crazy with all of their fabulous costuming and the horses and buggies and carriages and, and floats. It was um, such an honor to be part of that parade. It was really, really exciting. Um, and then I went to a couple of uh, pagan panels, one on myths and one on the Chicagoland pagans, and they were both really fabulous. But I didn't narrow my focus to pagans only. I also went to um, a Mayan ritual which was really cool learning about the cosmological view of the Mayans. And um, I went to a, a Gnostic mass and it was really interesting in that it was very, looked exactly like the high Catholic mass, but man, so much of it was pagan. It was great. Um, and then uh, I was with a number of you all for the cosmic mass, which was such a, a moving experience in a huge hall, hundreds of people doing uh, the spiral dance and then the lighted uh, candles or the, the I forget what they're called, um, in, in the decoration at the end and then the communion. Um, that was fabulous. And it was really also honored to be at the croning um, ritual at the Red Tent. Um, I facilitate the croning ritual at Pagan Spirit Gathering every year, but we normally only have maybe eight, 10 women at the most to, to be able to crone so many people from all over the world all at once was, uh, was just so joyful. So welcome you new crones. Um, and it was, it was just great time to be there. Great to see you all. Wonderful. Thank you. Dennis, what did you get to do? Well, I did many of the same things that have already been mentioned, and it was great hearing about them because it brought back very uh, positive memories for me. I did attend a number of uh, climate change uh, sessions, and I'll talk more about that in an upcoming question. I think the highlight day for me at the Parliament was Wednesday. It was the middle of the week. We had a couple days to settle into the experience and I chose to uh, participate in more experiential activities that day. So my morning began at eight o'clock 
with an hour-long bhakti yoga spiritual experience, which was led by the Krishna consciousness folks from the Chicago area and involved an hour of chanting, uh, devotional chanting to Krishna and Rama. It was first done spoken, then with music, and then with movement. And it was truly a kind of mind-blowing spiritual experience like I've not experienced before. It was, it, it, it's beyond words to describe it. And uh, it was just wonderful. Then in late afternoon, I was able to attend an, uh, an hour-long yoga nidra meditation, which was very relaxing and grounding and that sort of thing. And then my Wednesday concluded with the Cosmic Mass uh, led by Matthew Fox. And that was truly a um, an ecstatic kind of experience as well. So that was my Wednesday, and it was truly a remarkable um, experiential day. I just... I it's, it warms my heart to hear Matthew Lifted because when I was in seminary in Berkeley, like eons ago, I went to his cosmic masses and they, they really are mind blowing the interreligious power um, of what he did. So I, I can't help but notice a lot of you lift that up. I just want to mention here. Thank you all of you for sharing some specific things you did um, to our audience. If you want to see more about this year, you can go to uh, parliamentofreligions.org. And look for Chicago 2023. And um, it says here, again, that was parliamentofreligions.org, Chicago 2023. 7,000 plus attendees this year, 95 plus countries attended, 210 plus traditions represented. Um, I just want to share a couple quotes. Um, first one is uh, from Dr. Miriam Renault who is principal investigator and director of the Global Ethic Project, who said... It was really impressive this year to see how 30 years on the Parliament's 1993 document toward a global ethic generated a lot of buzz during this year's convening, whether in casual conversations or on social media. A lot of people talked about how although most of us don't share the same beliefs, we agree on the basic values and principles expressed in that document. And they appreciated how this clear statement can serve as a conversation starter and help people connect, whether they come from different religions or the same religion or not religious at all. Also said, during those five days, we lived a shared joy reflected by all of you for what the world can be when people of faith committed to justice, peace, and sustainability come together, made possible by our amazing sponsors, partners, and participants. And then finally, but it was also a week of recognition of the threats facing our communities and the world. The call to conscience of the 2023 Parliament is not just a public service announcement. It's a flashing emergency light affirming to the world that faith and spiritual communities are vital partners and first responders in this fight for justice, freedom, for a healthy environment, for human rights, and for democracy. And as we talk about a lot on Blue Marble, without democracy or the power of the people, we can't help each other. We can't help the planet. So the intersectionality is front and center. I'm going to pivot now to a question and, and go, uh, Dennis, to you, please, first. Speaking of which, what were some of the Earth climate-related programs that occurred during this year's parliament? 
So the parliament for um, several parliaments now, and, and perhaps as far back as its beginning, have really focused, uh, or its reemergence in 1993, have really focused on climate change. And um, this year, there was a two-hour climate assembly with a number of speakers on Monday that uh, uh, started the event. And then on Friday, there was another climate action assembly, uh, two to th- uh, two hours schedule. They tended to take up to three hours with a n- wide range of speakers. And then in the middle, of, during the week, there was more than 80 to 90 individual presentations related to the environment. So a very diverse range of programming. I took pretty careful notes during the um, the opening and closing events, and then later did an analysis of those um, notes to uh, identify what, for me, were uh, several main themes that were addressed throughout the week in these workshops. The first theme uh, Shar has already referenced was the intersectionality of climate change with other issues, particularly human rights. A major subtitle of the parliament this year was Defending Freedom and Human Rights. Well, with climate change, all of our freedom and human rights are potentially at stake here. And in this regard, I particularly came away with a much greater sensitivity for the impact of climate change on indigenous people and other folks around the world who live in areas that are already dramatically impacted more so than some other areas. The second theme was a need for hope and optimism because the issue of climate change can feel overwhelming and lead to a sense of hopelessness. So that was another important uh, theme that was raised. Another theme that emerged was the importance of religious leaders and of religions to lead the way in this uh, uh, fight uh, to mitigate um, climate change because religions are a source of main values and uh, priorities for folks. Another point that came through loud and clear was the need to empower young people. And they had some very inspirational young speakers who are co-chairing youth climate uh, groups uh, uh, talking about um, the fears that they uh, experience and the need for us to act now to uh, deal with this issue. And the final major theme that I identified were the calls for action and the examples of action. And many of the workshops throughout the week highlighted important work that's already been done, as well as outlined future work that needs to be done. So those were some of the main themes that resonated with me in those uh, events. And I'll let some other folks address some of those specifics, perhaps. Well, that's a lot. Thank you, Dennis. Um, Judith, what were some of the programs you saw? Well, um, along with all of those wonderful things that Dennis just mentioned, um, I'll I'll talk about the the ceremonies. 
for Earth that I was a part of. Um, on Friday morning, uh, Selena led the ceremony for Planet Earth right there on the East Terrace overlooking Lake Michigan. And it was just such a powerful, wonderful um, call to action for our Earth. Um, and then at that um, on Wednesday, preceding that, also regarding uh, water, um, I at the Women's Center, um, we started off first thing in the morning with a uh, women's water ceremony. And it was a just really touching ceremony uh, because uh, women from all over the world brought water and they each added their water to the same vase. And we realized how important water is to our bodies, to our environment, to our health. It, it runs through, literally runs through everything. And it's so important to us. So we, we really honored that water. And then all of us wa walked all the way up to the main, um, football room where they had 6,000 chairs set up to kick off the plenary for that day. And we just marched around and shouted and screamed. It was just such a uh, reaffirming uh, presence of, of the flow of women's energy. And then that evening, we again gathered um, on the East Terrace, actually right down by the lake, and had a number of presenters talking about water, the importance of it. And then we took the water that had been gathered in the morning and talked about through the plenary all day long. And we added it back to the water of our Mother Earth to Lake Michigan. And it was just very moving. So check. Moving indeed. Um, Selena, what were some of the climate-related programs you participated in? I took part in um, a presentation that had Mayan um, facilitation and Morgana, who's part of our Circle Sanctuary Green Faith Circle, as well as part of Pagan uh, Federation International, has done a lot of work with the people who are doing the program. So I had a chance to not only connect with her, but the people who were bringing that program. There was an altar, there was ceremony, and there was also a sharing about the importance of tapping in to the ancient ones, um, working with land in a sacred way for the betterment of the planet. There were so many things happening at the parliament itself. I was not able to attend in real time all of the climate um, events. And the Interfaith Rainforest Initiative, I was able to take part in virtually a few days ago. I had some contact with people who were part of the Interfaith Rainforest Initiative, and it really is focusing primarily on the Amazon and how important it is for us to be aware of what is going on with the Amazon and how to support the health of the Amazon, not only the creatures and the plants and the ecosystems, but the humans, the indigenous people who are part of the Amazon. And there were people involved with other rainforest initiatives that were also uh, mentioned as part of that program. I'm thankful that we were able to do a planetary healing ceremony as a community and having people from Circle Sanctuary, from different parts 
of the country and different ways of being, all contributing music, meditation, reflections, and having people of many faiths and philosophies join us out by Lake Michigan was a wonderful way to be able to send some healing out to planet Earth. I'm I am so thankful there were multiple grand gatherings on the main stage talking about the climate and that the climate was very much intersectional and got mentioned in pretty much every event that I took part in. In fact, the mayor of Chicago, in his remarks in the opening plenary, the first type of justice that he called for in his talk was climate justice. So the climate was very much represented. I also want to just take a few moments and go back to 1993. There was Gerald O'Barney who did a presentation at that parliament. Uh, He was the head of the Millennium Institute And I have found that his report that was presented at the parliament back in 1993, which for many people was a pre-internet time, is now available online. And he talked about the need then for us to take climate action. I am so thankful for that initial calling for action and for the actions that have happened since. I really see this year the information, the education, all of that was good, but there is a real focus on motivation for collaboration to get this done now. And that gave me hope to see so many people in so many ways, not only talking, but even in the sacred music concert that was Thursday night, and that's a tradition of all the parliaments to have music from different people, from different faith traditions. Climate also, um, and the need to care for our planet, not just with the humans, but, and the creatures, (laughs) but the planet as a whole was really powerful. Thank you. It warms my heart to hear all of you so far. And Kern, I'll get to you in a minute. Um, you know, mentioning climate justice, which we talk about on Blue Marble ab- absolutely every episode, and um, lifting up frontline communities who are literally on the battle field with um, many of these large extractive industries that are polluting, and who also the indigenous communities who carry the great earth wisdom that all of us need to do a better job of learning from. So Kern, what did, what climate earth related programs did you participate in? Well, I wanted just to bring up one that uh, was really meaningful to me there on Tuesday, there was a, a powerful climate repentance ceremony and um, uh, there were leaders of all faiths, but they also included a lot of indigenous folks, Native Americans, and so forth. Um, and um, I think the main message that I heard there was uh, uh, we don't need to only repent to the divine God or goddess, um, but uh, but also to the land and to the earth. Um, and, and people from, like I said, all different faiths, uh, 
uh, emphasized this and how important it was. And uh, of course, repentance means simply a change of mind um, from the Greek and uh, metanoia. And and really, it just um, it talked about how important it was to to change uh, what our thinking on all these things um, and be uh, uh, definitely to be more aware, self-aware of of what we're doing and how we can contribute uh, to uh, solving uh, climate uh, climate change problems um, individually and as as groups as we get together. So that moment of humility and, and repentance uh, toward climate change, uh, it was pretty powerful to me. Indeed. Wow, that was a lot. Um... I'm going to go back to gallery view, everybody, because you've already sort of alluded to it, but this is your chance to add if there's any particularly favorite, 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 favorite moment um, that you had. And uh, Amy, I'm going to start with you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, I think, okay, so there were a couple of, you're talking about takeaways, no, I'm talking about your, like your oh, absolute favorite. most favorite moment. And if you need a moment to think, I can jump to Nicholas first. I think, I think, can I say two? Like one is I was in a, a ritual. Uh, I don't remember which day it was because it's, it runs together, but it was led by heathens and it was a, um, a ritual for the earth. And here we were out on this terrace uh, at the McCormick Center with the interstate running under us and Lake Michigan behind us and this little cardboard tree with paper leaves on it. But everyone in the circle took time to mention the thing that they love the most uh, about the, the earth, our mother, and what we would miss the most. And it was so moving and being in that uh, environment it was just, it was really very potent. Um, the other thing was just being in this situation where there were founders of the faith all over and you could just hang out with them. I, we spent some time hanging out with uh, Maka Nightmare, uh, who was one of the founders of Reclaiming. Um, of course, being here with Miss Selena Fox and uh, Oberon Zell was wandering around in his, his, uh, wizard uh robes it was it was just amazing to see people uh humbly intermixing and that has to be probably my favorite part of it both of those events hmm. thank you thank you nicholas i know you were viewing in do you have a favorite moment i i do um another thing that i follow for a very long time is um uh Australian Aboriginal peoples. Um, and it, it was really nice to see um, Major Moogie um, uh, Sumner um, on the main stage, I think three, maybe four times. Um, and, it, you know, it's these are long threads, you know, the ancestry there goes back, you know, 50, 60,000 years. Um, in the most recent 100 years, you know, um, uh, strife and, and, and um, you know, progress. 
And so it was really nice to see him um, on stage singing um, and speaking to his own work in Australia um, in you know, uh, both ancient and, and, and modern, um, you know, presentation, you know, there he is on camera, on internet, on, um, on the world stage. Um, so I, I was really happy, um, that, that, that he was there on, on, on the main stage while I was watching. Cool. Cool. Dennis, do you have a favorite moment? Boy, that is a hard one to arrive at. But I think one of the favorite moments was at the end of the parade on Sunday, they had people turn off onto a side street. And as the parade was ending, groups kind of stopped wherever they were at and began doing whatever they do as a group. And it was that one experience where as I was mingling amongst the people where you could kind of look around and start to see the diversity of, of the different groups and what they were all about in that one place. And as I think back to past parliaments, it's been those moments and each one had a different layout where you got that kind of panoramic view of the range of folks that were at parliament. And uh, so this was the closest that I experienced that particular uh, element. Uh, So that's why I've chosen that right now. Ben, yeah. What's your favorite, favorite, favorite moment? So my favorite, favorite, favorite moment came in the women's water ritual. I was sitting on a couch and in front of me, um, two women came and sat. One was clearly indigenous and I would learn later from Costa Rica. The woman next to her was from Portugal and there was a language barrier between them. They, One of them spoke Spanish, the woman from Costa Rica. The woman from Portugal did not. She spoke English. And so she was trying, they were trying to help each other and, and, these girls came in with yarmulkes on and they sit down and one leans in and is hearing what's happening. And then I watch them whisper down the line and then begin pull the late, the the girl furthest away over. And then they introduce her. She speaks fluent Spanish um, and is able to translate for the woman from Costa Rica. So the next thing the poor girl knows, she's standing up in front of all the women and is relaying this message of harmony and love for the mother and as i'm watching all of this happen and we're encouraging the young lady to speak up and take space as she gives this message for the woman from costa rica i thought oh this is parliament like that what just happened that was parliament there it is boom yeah turn what's your bestie favorite oh so hard to choose um I was going to say, seeing Jane Goodall on the stage, she's always been a great hero of heroine of mine. And um, but I'm going to go ahead and say, hearing the Chicago Ukrainian Children's Choir sing, and it that was pretty cool uh, to be in person and and just to say, Ukraina salva, and um, and see the faces smiling. Uh, it just, you know. Um, I can't say it just really was emotional for me. And I uh, uh, just that, and I wouldn't have had that experience unless I went to parliament. Mm. Mm. Judith. Um, Well, on Wednesday, I went to um, a 
a workshop called A Call to, to Consciousness Through Luminality Towards a Global Ethic Panel. And besides the panel being great, um, that's where I met this Christian minister. And so we got talking and then we ran into each other again later in that afternoon at another workshop. And we got to be talking more. Um, well, my favorite moment was when he shows up the next morning at our, um, our pagan panel, the Chicagoland pagan panel. And, um, I, I was actually talking to the panel about the fact that I'd met this guy and we were able to do some great exchanges. And then he stands up behind me. I didn't realize he was also in the workshop and he was um, marvelous. He said that he had really learned a lot about our, our path and he was um, just really supportive and very cool. So that was a, that was a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. Laura, what was your favorite, favorite, favorite? You must forgive me, but I have two. Uh, a very personal was a favorite to chant the chant for Waitonatsin on the opening, and then to have people on Friday morning at the ceremony for planet Earth to chant it back with me. I don't know if folks were looking at videos or if they just learn it because it's so easy to chant or what. But it's a chant. I'm getting goosebumps as I'm relaying this story. It's a chant to our great mother. And it's the first chant that I learned on Nawa. And to have people chant it back with me at the ceremony. And the same thing happened at the Fighting for Freedom, where I opened with a chant and I needed to close. And I told people, you can leave. It's okay. I'm just going to close by myself. And I closed my eyes and I'm chanting. And next thing you know, they are responding to the chant. And I didn't open my eyes because I just wanted to hear them. So the unity and the appreciation for indigenous practices as an indigenous woman that has been ostracized for that part of my being, I am now feeling more and more comfortable on my indigenuity. And it's thanks to Parliament. My second favorite moment, I'm so sorry, Charlotte, but it's one word, women, women, the women's village. I didn't discover the women's village until Wednesday. And after Wednesday, I never left. It was amazing. All the programming, all the, I couldn't attend to too many panels again because I had nine commitments. But to be connected and to me, this icons like Dr. Jean Shinodobole, like Phyllis Crud, like Maka, like, you know, Byron, and all of these women that are the trailblazers of the women's movement. And to see women at the women's village, Muslim women, Hindu women, Sikh women, Jewish women, it doesn't matter where, Catholic women, Christian women at the women's village talking about the divine feminine it just filled my heart and reinvigorated my commitment i am a priestess of the goddess and is there's nothing else i wanted to be check boom there it is selena what was your favorite 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 i think it's more like a process what i call the parliament synchronicity and serendipity. I was told about a 
uh, one from Ireland into Bridget and Celtic ways that I needed to connect with. And within an hour, I find myself about ready to do an interview for one of the press there. And this woman comes up to me and it's her. Um, <laughs> I'm someone who I serve in a nonprofit with out of Washington, D.C., showed up at uh, my Bridget ritual and uh, a Christian minister. And we kept connecting with each other. Um, people who I hadn't met before, we happened to sit next to each other and start conversations. What I call the magic of Parliament, the connection and being part of that community where magic happens. Thank you all. I mean, my heart is just full listening to this. Uh, it's it's all it's all like powerful beyond belief. Talk about really making good energy and good magic for each other, for the world, for the planet. Thank you so much again for being there um, and being a part of that. Now, this is our very last question that I have for each of you. It's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat it as your your closing remarks. And again, if you'll permit me, I'll I'll call on you around it. But but my last question. Um, for those of us who are listening or watching who weren't there, um, what was your really big takeaway this year? And what would you want to say to people who weren't there about this moment on the planet? I'm, Nicholas, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Um, for me, one of my missions in, in, in attending was to um, look for the next generations, to look for the young people. And it was really good to see so many young people on stage. And so my takeaway and uh, my advice is, you know, support the young people, uplift the young people. Um, get them on stage because it is their future, um, their kids, grandkids. Um, so we need to, as you know, the older generation, um, make sure the younger generation is um, supported and uplifted. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Powerful. Judith. Well, my takeaway is that for the most part, I believe most people are good and want the best for um, our planet, for other people, for the for the climate. And the best we can do is just what we can individually do. And we just need to keep doing it. And we need to shine our light as best as we possibly can, as Marianne Williams said, because the more we shine our light, the more we allow others to shine theirs. Thank you. Dennis. So for me, um, I want to quote um, or paraphrase uh, some comments by Reverend Dr. Gerard Durley, who was a student um, leader in the civil rights movement of the 1960s and is pastor emeritus of Providence Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, and he is clearly an inspirational uh, African-American uh, preacher. And he says to the effect, I was at a mountaintop place, and now I need to talk to you about climate change. All right. This is a movement. Keep marching and standing up. 
We must accept finite disappointment and accept infinite hope. It is our time, our turn to make a difference. Expect enemies and distractions. Don't let this stop now. Blow your trumpet. Blow your trumpet. In other words, we must act now to minimize the uh, potential climate change effects that are in the works. Thank you. Thank you. Dia. When I was a Christian, I was weird for a Christian. And then I became a pagan and I was weird for a pagan. And then I went to parliament and I figured out I'm of the W-Y-R-D. I am weird. And all the people who are weird were at Parliament, and they were making differences, and they were making changes, and they were having personal interactions that were making change. So I came away understanding that I am weird, and for the first time in my life, that is not a bad thing. It is a good thing, and it is a needed thing. And I also came away with an idea that we have to be counted. We all have to stand up and say who we are and and advocate for who we are, that it's important not for us. It's important for that other person who can't do it for themselves. Check. Thank you. Kern. Um, I think the biggest impression I got was hope, hope for uh, the eco-spirituality movement, uh, because it was the eco-spirituality was just woven into everything at Parliament. Um, and uh, that was very inspiring for me. Uh, gave me hope that uh, when people work together and on a problem, and and uh, we can we can make a lot of change. We can force our our governments to act, and uh, we the people can speak up. Um, yeah, that, it was mostly hope that I, I took away from that. Thank you. Thank you. Makes me feel hopeful hearing you all for sure. Um, uh, Amy, what's your takeaway? So my takeaway uh, is, you know, what I've brought back. There's a there's a quote that came up that spoke deeply to me, and it is the master will never give us the tools to tear down his house. That we have to be working in a different space, in a different realm with different tools. We have written letters to Congress, we have voted, we have done all of these things, and now it's time to look to the world uh, between, the spaces in between, which is where spirituality is. And we have to do the work as witches uh, in that space, as witches, as spiritual people at prayer, you know, these kinds of things. So solution and bringing that back to my circles and working with some of the, the, some of the same energies that we started at PSG with the women's ritual, but bringing that into this space of, yes, actually, this is the tool that we need to be using to, to promote change. And there is, and hope again, is that thing, right? Because now we know that the tools are not in this physical space. Thank you. That's the whole thrust of Blue Marble is that our spirituality and our activism are, are interconnected. They're inextricable. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Laura, your takeaway, what you would say to people who weren't there. Um, go if you can. 
get there if you can. And next time I hope I can be there. The most inspirational situation for me is it brought me back to my basics. It brought me back to the goddess. It brought me back to action. And I will always, and you're very familiar with this, Charlotte, the way we treat women is the way we treat the earth. And we have to make that connection that we're treating the air, the earth, the way we're treating her because she is being seen as a woman. So we have to start being conscious about women's rights and women's dignity and women's freedom and equality. And to have the women's village and to have all these wonderful women um, working for the earth, for the planet and for women's rights. So it brought me back to, to my basics and uh, back to online women's circles and back to working with the goddess and being loud and proud to be a priestess of the goddess and whatever are the tools like amy just say whatever are the tools that you're going to use go uh, quote and selena powerful and inspirational that's what it was you know um and and to see all these women like i said earlier you know of many different faiths i used to think about women's religion and tradition as one specific part of paganism it's not and Parliament opened my eyes to that, that women are women and we need to defend ourselves and we need to stand up, take space. I mean, listen to all the wonderful women here and men who are, uh, or knights, you know, um, advocating for, for the earth and for children, etc. So we have to look back into how we treat the earth because we treat, because we treat her like a woman. So we need to start treating women right. And that is my inspiration and that's what I take out and I'm going to be doing women's circles and I'm going to stop planning and thinking and strategizing it's happening and it's going to continue happening. Check. All right. And Selena, I, I ask you last because you're part of our generational legacy of both spiritual leadership and activism uh, for human rights for the earth and all of this. I mean, Dennis, I acknowledge you there too, but, you know, I, I, what is your takeaway and what to you is what you would say to someone who wasn't there about this moment on our planet? This was a powerful convergence of people of many beliefs in many places. And part of the way that the parliament continues to be a positive force for inspiration, motivation, and transformation is to share our stories, our experiences with others who weren't there, to take part as part of our life journey in some interreligious endeavors, in particular endeavors that are directly affecting environmental justice and needs in local areas and the larger planet. In helping to birth Earth Day along with many, many other people who responded to Senator Gaylord Nelson's call back in 1970. Think globally, act locally. And I really do think that each of us who is at the parliament 
as the ability to share about our experiences amongst those we know and to get the message out even further about hope and possibility and the need to collaborate and to take action, to bring about more understanding as well as opportunities to work together for a healthier planet. There is so much economic and environmental challenge in the news on a daily basis now. I really hope that the parliament and its messaging, its connections can help bring balance about the good things that are happening and the wonderful connections that have been going on now for 30 years since the parliament's rebirth, that we can work with the parliament as a tool, as well as other endeavors to support this greater quest that we're all part of, of really being part of the solutions rather than the pollutions. So I see love, hope, and eco-action as important follow-ups to the parliament. Thank you so much. And that's also a reminder to our audience that Circle Sanctuary is a registered circle with green faith and international interfaith intergenerational movement calling upon faith leaders and people of faith everywhere to advocate for bold action on climate change and eco justice, climate justice. So Circle Sanctuary continues this work year round uh, through our green faith circle ministry that hosts monthly virtual meetings and YouTube programs. So that wraps up this installment of Blue Marble Podcast. I want to thank uh, all of you so much for um, joining me today, our special guests, members of the Circle Sanctuary Delegation to the 2023 Parliament of the World Religions. It's been so special to hear from all of you. And thank you so much to our audience for listening. If you value what you heard here today, please share this information with others. New Blue Marble podcasts air live on the third Friday of every month. This is a special uh, episode, and it is available for listening anytime after its airing uh, through our channel on Blog Talk Radio. You can go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash CSNP. You can search Blue Marble with Rev Bear, and you will find this in the archive of these podcasts. We have so many wonderful, incredible podcasts on CSNP through the uh, facebook.com slash CSN podcasts or through the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org under the CSNP tab. So until next time, this is Charbert signing off. Thank you for all the good you do. Stay true and blue. And hey, I hope to see you in the green space. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, 
Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings.